Please sit comfortably. So good morning, everyone. It's good to see such a, um, a strong attendance for um, the first uh, one day I think I we've had in a while. Um, the topic for today's talk is ignorance and not knowing. Um, as all of you are aware from our sutras and your reading, is one of, one of the causes of suffering in the world is greed, hatred and ignorance. So let's start off looking at ignorance to begin with. There's a few different ways, a few different meanings of this word, but the word um, ignorance is a translation of avidya. Um, one understanding of it is, is that because we are ignorant of the true nature of life, that it's impermanent and everything is interconnected, the grasping and aversion arise out of that ignorance. And then as we create an identity out of grasping at things and having an aversion to things, it loops around and we become still even more ignorant. So it's in a feedback loop. So we go round and round in a circle, um, creating this identity that's out of touch with the, the tr true nature of how things are. And if we were to realise, like if we were to reverse that, and we were to realise what the true nature of existence is, then the grasping and aversion would, would drop away. That's basic Buddhist psychology. Another kind of meaning of it is, is, is it means... Um, Ignorance also means apathy or indifference. Right, so when, you, when you're grasping at something, you know what you want and you want to go after it. And if you dislike something or hate something, you know what you don't like. But another one understanding of, of ignorance is kind of like a confusion of not knowing what you want or being indifferent to it or having a sense of, of apathy. And in one way, you could say like, around climate change and the destruction of nature. Some people might have some very strong views based on science that the human, human, human intervention in the world has contributed to this. Some people might have strong views about that, right? But then there'd, be, there'd be also be people who don't really care. Like they have, they're, they're indifferent to whether that's occurring, they're just interested in whether the price of their house goes up rather than the environment. That, that's, an, an, that's apathy, which is a form of ignorance as well. So it can have a number of different meanings in a pejorative sense. Um, but there's a well-known uh, Zen koan, and when I Googled it this morning when I was just researching it, it's a very popular koan or saying, and you see hundreds of different Dharma talks on it. So it it, it touches everyone in some way. And I've mentioned it before, it's about not knowing is most intimate. And it comes from a story, there's a few stories that it comes from, but one is of um, a monk who was going on pilgrimage and a teacher asked him, why are you going on pilgrimage? He said, I don't know. And the teacher replied, not knowing is most intimate. Mm. So there is ignorance, which is seen in a pejorative sense, and there is not knowing from at least a Zen perspective, 
which is seen as being something which is very important and very valuable. So it's important we, we look at the difference between those two. Um, we all have a need to know, you know, and, and it's important in many ways in our life that we do. And uh, because we, if you look at, say, the people here today, I think probably everyone here is a tertiary educated person or aspiring to be. And um, and so people who've come to Zen, it's often jokingly referred to Zen as referred to in in Western civilizations, not, not the, the middle way, but the middle class way. You could say even the educated middle class way. You know, so... We've all, we've all developed good skills at knowing things, you know, we're in our professions, whether accountants or teachers or whatever. And so we've got by, you know, we've, we've made, we've done well, you know, through, through knowing things. But knowing, if we look at what the nature of knowing is, it gives us some sense of um, certainty about things, predictability, Solidity even gives us a um, sense of status, or in the aversion sense, it, it's an aversion of being foolish or looking stupid or not knowing. So we, we place a lot of value on knowing things, and we're all probably pretty good at it in our particular specialties in life. Um, and there's a certain degree of skill or knowing which is also useful in Zen, like knowing how to do orioki, right? You know, knowing how to to sit well and things like that. Um, but ultimately knowing is going to be a hindrance that gets in the way as you deepen your practice. And we, we all value it so much that I would suggest including myself that we're very much identified with it, perhaps more than we realise. You know, we, we like to we like to know, we like to look like we're knowing, you know. We don't look like we don't want to look like we're stupid or foolish or anything like that. We like our sense of certainty about things. And um, it's important to um, understand that we perhaps are, are bringing that to our Zen practice as well. If you look um, into Christianity as a religion or a spiritual path, there's people who take up Christianity who say that they know God or they know the scriptures and so on. I can't remember which Christian saint it was, and he said something along the lines of, if you think you know God, you don't know God. The more you think you know God, the further you are actually away from from knowing God, and um, the same could be could be said about those of us who pursue the Dharma, Buddhism, or Zen. The more we understand of the sutras and so on, in a sense, the, the less we know about it. It's useful up to a certain point to understand the basic frameworks, intellectual frameworks, but they're actually not that complicated, really. Um, but people write PhDs on it and these great dissertations on it and so on make it so complicated. Um, 
And the more complicated it becomes, the further we get away from what practice is. So when, when we, if, we, if we're identifying with knowledge and what we know, um, then it becomes the point of Zen practice to recognise it and, and then the process is one of surrender. Right? And all of us come up against that at some point in our Zen practice. I remember um, there's a number of pivotal points I could think of, but one that comes to mind is when I went to Hawaii and first started doing intensive Zen training um, on, in the Maui Zendo. I remember there was a point where um, we were all sitting around after lunch just having a chat. It was very informal. And, um, and some intellectual discussion came up about something. And, and me being a very opinionated kind of person, for the first point in my life, kind of, well, I don't really know. And it was the first point I really remembered feeling comfortable that I didn't know. And, and, and so some, we do the practice long enough and something starts to shift. So we're, we're, there's something in us that's not comfortable with not knowing, not knowing the answers. And yet with Zen practice, if you do it long enough, there comes a point where it must be some process of surrender that we're maybe even unconscious about. But there comes a point where we don't know and we don't have to have opinions and we don't have to be right and we actually start to feel comfortable in that place and if that's occurring then we we move towards more simplicity so there's a kind of humility um, needed in not knowing <clears throat> second part of the statement is is not knowing is is most intimate Mm-hmm. If you reflect on that, you know, knowing, if you go for a bushwalk, knowing the names of birds and knowing the names of flowers is not necessarily to be intimate with the birds and the flowers. Right? To just be there with the experience of a wildflower or just there with the experience of the sound of a, a kookaburra or a lyrebird is, is to be intimate with the kookaburra. Or the library, mm-hmm. um, but we we value this knowledge of knowing the, the words and the names of everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's not going to bring you that that sense of intimacy. So when we bring that identification with our intellects and wanting to know. And understand it, and in, in it's a. I mean, it's useful in a certain way. It's what brings our sense of um, great doubt and our sense of inquiry to the process. Um, but there's another step that we need to get beyond. Um, this is sometimes where Cohen study is is useful. In that we bring our intellect to a koan. And we just realise no matter how much we try to intellectualise it, um, we we don't get through it. You know? um, and and some some koans are are quite big barriers to people. And 
having gone through it and being on the other side of it as well, you can see how useful it is to really get stuck on a koan at some, like I have. Right? Um, it's something that just really humbles the intellect and you drop down into a different kind of place. It's one that we, 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 we may not necessarily like it at the time, but when we get stuck on a koan, like seriously stuck on a koan, um, you really start to cook in your practice. And, and once you get a clearer understanding of it um, and you so-called pass it, uh, you, you have a sense of gratitude for having been stuck there for so long. Um, but the, vir- the virtue of stuckness is, is to be in the stuckness and not have a resistance to being in the stuckness. It's when we're in the stuckness and we're resisting um, that we, we, we create um, anxiety and distress for ourselves. Another form of the, dif- the difference between knowing and intimacy too, like in a, in a social sense, it's <coughs> like if you know all the gossip about your neighbours, you think you know your neighbours, right? But if you invited your neighbour in for a cup of tea, you might become intimate with your neighbour, right? Might know your neighbour as, as a real person rather than something you've heard about. Um, that's the nature of Zen practice. Um, so when we make this surrender out of knowing from needing to know, which is a surrender to certainty, rightness, control, status even, <laughs> if we give that up, at first we feel like we're becoming more anxious, like we don't know what our bearings are or we're going to look stupid or whatever. We probably do, but that's all right. Um, but there's this point where not only you don't know, but you know you don't know. And you know there's no certainty anywhere. And you know there's no solidity anywhere. You know that there's no rightness anywhere. And you, you sink into a, a comfortable place with it. And it's through dropping below the intellect this need to know that we enter we enter into the into the the mystery of existence. Like we can use knowledge to become a better accountant, you know, or a better psychologist or doctor or whatever. But if we bring that to the nature of existence, time, consciousness, space, the fact that we're even here, um, and we think that we're going to find an answer to it, we just get caught in words. Mm-hmm. But to be to be intimate life is is not only to be one with the with the, the impermanence of life and with the interconnectedness of life but it's to be one with the mystery of it and just to live it as a mystery rather than something that has to be solved. There are some uh, well-known poets and artists who point us in the right direction. Um, One of my favourite sayings from the poet William Blake is that a wise person is a fool who persists in their folly. And Gauguin, the the French artist, um, uh, had a painting which, and the the inscription underneath it was, uh, where do we come from? 
Who are we? Where are we going? If we drop into those questions, um, then we drop into what one teacher called don't know mind, and we, we, we abide in that don't know mind throughout our life. And something, something transforms, the grasping and the aversion drops away. We see through the veil of ignorance into seeing the interconnectedness of everything. And, and the mystery of everything and the impermanence of everything. And we don't need certainty. We don't need solidity. Uh, we just experience intimacy. So to wind up, we may well all ask ourselves the question, why did we come here today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.